1: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One travel.
0: Enjoy your stay in Suite 13.
1: Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See Capital One.com for details.
2: You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven Podcast with LD Will the Thrill and TJ2. <coughs>
1: Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride is Will the Thrill. Greetings and salutations. Really? He's, I'm not even going to make a sound.
0: Well, there's nothing to open, and I already yeah. mixed the drink. So no,
1: he's drinking eggnog, if you guys are wondering. Yes, I am having eggnog with a little uh, additive, shall we say? Yep. And uh, for those who are wondering, I'm actually drinking our to tea. S2T. I was feeling slightly under the weather. I had an ear infection, which is always fun. And uh, that turned into something else. Not COVID, but like pneumonia or whatever. So I'm uh, drinking my ts tea, t um, the wild child blueberry, because I haven't gotten any of the immunity stuff. But uh, you can still get 15% off your entire order at TS2T with the Rock Heaven 15 promo code. And to round out our triad of excellent hosts of 2021 we have mr tj2 the deuce okay that was yes, something that was we something. something we had yeah better than before what are yeah you that was um that was
3: uh, a bottle being opened i didn't have a can unfortunately i've had this one before on the show uh but it's so good that i took the plunge and bought a whole six pack this is rind over matter a very tasty uh, wheat ale with lemon and orange zest in it.
0: And from which brewery does that hail? Mm,
3: that hails from Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan. So right. good on
0: you, Bell's. Nice. And, um, for those of you questioning my choice of eggnog, I'd just like to point out that eggnog is acceptable in the month of December. So I have exactly 12 hours
1: and 10 minutes? Uh, 18 minutes. 18 minutes, yeah. 18 minutes.
0: Because let's agree, if you go outside of December, it's just weird.
1: Yeah. Also, um, that expires on the 5th well
0: so does the I went, the, the uh, acceptable window to drink it so i think we're okay <laughs> all right well <laughs> uh, i was just uh i just want to say
3: first of all it, it felt like i had to wait a really long time but i'm gotten accustomed to waiting today i had to run some errands and uh, there's a million people at every place i went and there was one line i got in that was really long and it wasn't moving like it never moved and i looked and this, there's this man and woman buying like a case of beer and some bread or something and Five minutes go by and they're still up there and ten minutes go by and I'm like, are y'all trying to buy beer with like defunct currency from a country that doesn't exist anymore? Are you trying <laughs> to you're trying to like barter with squirrel tails and bags of salt or something? <laughs> like what, what what could do, like dodo eggs? Like, what in the hell is taking you this long to buy a case of beer and some bread? Damn. Did you ever figure it out? No. Is
1: there, is there an end to the story? <laughs>
3: No, there's no, no, there's right. right, It's the best kind of story. It's one that leaves you wondering. (laughs) It's open ended, as they say. Absolutely.
1: Well, what is not open ended?
3: It's a choose your your own adventure book.
1: What is not open ended is the fact that today is not January the 1st. It is December 31st, which means it is time for our 2021 Rock and Roll Heaven inductee list, I guess. In memoriam. In,
3: yes, not in, a, not a, not a, but this is not something people uh, look forward to being inducted into so much.
1: No, and I don't it's a lengthy like list it. of,
3: It's a lengthy list of cool people who died.
0: Yep. That's what it yeah. is. Yep. And, and boy, howdy, was I surprised looking at this list of how many there were. Uh, you didn't have to put the list together. Uh, no, I know, but when you showed me the list, and again, doing research on my own and just different articles and whatnot, it's, uh, was this worse than
1: 2016? I don't know. I don't, Okay. I don't, I don't know. But we, the thing is, in 2016, we lost, like, landmark huge names, which we had always had. And it wasn't just in the music community. Because in the music community, I think we lost, well, we lost David Bowie, we lost Glenn Frey, we lost Debbie Reynolds. We lost Carrie Fisher. George Michael. We Prince. lost George Michael. Prince. Prince. Like, we lost...
3: Merle Haggard. We
1: lost Merle. mega stars in 2016. And the thing was, looking back, yeah, it sucked. But 2020, 2021... We also lost really big names. I think though that this one was people that are more niche that we know. Like right. if you ask, just a rant, like if I walked out on the sidewalk and found the first person walking down the street, I could ask them, do you know who Jim Simon is? And they might not know. But if I said, do you know who Prince is? They would. So I think it's more of a, of a, like a us kind of thing because we're so <laughs> seeped in the musical world that it seems like on level with 2016. For us, it may, yeah, it absolutely may. Yeah. So we're going to get right to it. Just so you guys know, we have chosen, each of us have chosen uh, 50 people for a total of 150 people. This is not at all a conclusive list, but I'm going to try to do my best tomorrow to list out as many people as I can on our Facebook page. So if you're interested, you know, maybe wander over there and check that list out because it's going to be over. 350 people so we're not even half the list of people and
3: it's not and there's plenty that that will be missing from that list it was just so many like we like uh, i think we we thought we had compiled like a definitive list of 300 and something names and then i find another list. i made my 50 out and sent them to you and you were like a lot of these were not on the list i said yeah i found more yeah somehow yeah you know and then i found another list
1: after i got off of the phone with you and I found like 60 more people.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I think it's important to drive home that fact is we we just physically can't get to everybody, you know? Right. It's, we're not Santa Claus. We can't get around to everyone each year. We will do everything we can and post what we can to our socials. And if we miss anyone, please do not, you know- Don't hate us. Yeah, don't, don't come at us with hate post on our socials we'll be happy to to propel it you know we just we are doing our best to get to everyone and yeah. like i said it's a, just a daunting daunting list and just a hard. It is
3: and and so what what we've done is we've compiled a list of 50 a piece mm. and and literally because uh, we otherwise we would th- this podcast would last for you know 28 and a half hours and we uh, i mean much as i like you guys i have to like poop sometimes and sleep so that's probably not a thing i'd be interested in but so what we're going to we, do is, we have this list of fifty, and and we basically have about two, two or three sentences about each person, and there's one that we focus on, uh, a little more at the at the very end for each of us. So uh, that's that's kind of how we're going to proceed with it.
0: And just know that if we did cover everybody, it would still be shorter than our series on Michael Jackson. I, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Which is, uh, we will be recording part six on Sunday, uh, pop, you know, uh, hopefully, and because I actually start. A new job on the third. Woo.
0: <laughs> whoop, whoop Yep. You have all the ability. You Boy, have all the jobs. I have
1: all the jobs. The, um, the gap in unemployment
0: the, is solely to you. I mean, yeah,
3: I'm
1: the, sorry. Um,
0: the Rhynde
3: matter. Matter, the first bottle open, it's already, it's already, this is going to, this is going to be quite a, this is going to be great.
1: <laughs> Enjoy that. So, so whenever you are ready, sir, you can
3: proceed i will I, i'm gonna go first uh, and if you guys want to jump in you know and say a little something about any of the people please feel free i'm going to start my list now with alfred Wee ellis his diminutive stature earned him the nickname but the saxophonist played with giants like james brown and van morrison he died september 23rd at the age of 80 bj thomas the country rock mm-hmm. and christian contemporary artist and grammy winner is best known for raindrops keep falling on my head and it seems weird to have these in the middle of a list of dead people but i do have a fun fact fun fact thomas recorded as long as we've got each other which was the theme song to growing pains
1: Uh, Oh, one of our karaoke jams one of our karaoke songs
3: yes and then uh it was redone as a duet between he and jennifer warrens then they brought in dusty springfield to sing it for like a season. Right. And then they then they went back to B.J. Thomas, but yeah. Yeah,
1: we um, talked about that in our, our series on uh, Dusty Springfield. Really?
3: Yeah, yes, we did. Uh, he died May 28th at the age of 78 of lung cancer. Charlie Watts, a former graphic designer yeah. and jazz drummer, Watts laid down the beat for some of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time as a member of the Rolling Stones for almost 60 years. Um, he died. He died August 24th at the age of 80. George Frey is a name that you may not know, but if I called him Commander Cody, you you probably would know who he is. His (laughs) style and attire were reportedly an inspiration for many, including Diamond David Lee Roth. He and his Lost Planet Airmen scored the biggest hit with Hot Rod Lincoln. He died in September at the age of 77. Dennis Thomas, uh, a saxophonist and co-founder of Cool in the Gang. Thomas died at the age of 70 back in August. Don Everly was one half of the hugely influential Everly brothers. He and brother Phil scored 26 top 40 hits. He died August 21st at the age of 84. Nancy Griffith, an immensely talented Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Texas. She died on August 13th at the age of 68. Tom T. Hall, the lauded singer, songwriter, and author, penned 26 top 10 hits, including I Love and Harper Valley PTA, which, Elda, you said you could not believe a man wrote when I told you that earlier this year.
1: Yeah. Couldn't believe that a man wrote that. As I recall. Because it's such a feminist, iconic song. Like, it's it's if you guys don't know what the story is about, it's about a girl who's basically like, she goes home, she goes to school and she's like, I got in trouble. (laughs) And she was like, because of the way I dress. And so her mom goes into the Harper Valley PTA and basically like slams every person. It's basically the old adage of, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And there's a lot of stone throwing in that. And uh, it's, it was incredible. So I was, absolutely blown away when I found out a guy wrote that.
3: One of the best songwriters ever. He was 85 when he died on August 20th. Stonewall Jackson, the longtime Grand Ole Opry member, had his biggest hit with Waterloo back in the 1950s. He died in December at the age of 89. Rusty Young died April 14th at the age of 75. He was a singer, songwriter, and guitarist that fronted the country rock band Poco. Robbie Steinhardt the co-lead singer and the violinist of the band Kansas. He died July 17th at the age of 71. His work is heard on and will live on forever in rock classics like Dust in the Wind and Carry On Wayward Son. Richard Cole was a former road manager for Led Zeppelin that we mentioned pretty prominently in our John Bonham episode a year or so ago. He died in December, age 75. Morris Dickerson, the original bassist for the band War, he died of an undisclosed illness at the age of 71 in April. And here's another fun fact. Fun facts. Uh, he was on stage for Jimi Hendrix's last public performance. Whoa. Whoa. Was Mars Dickerson. Wow. Yeah, apparently Hendrix's last time on stage, uh, he shared a stage with war, believe it or not. Mick Rock, the renowned British rock photographer, died on November 18th at the age of 72. Malcolm Cecil. Now, this was not a guy I was familiar with so much, but it was utterly fascinating from the little bit I read about him. He was a jazz bassist and an electronic music pioneer, he helped create something called Tonto, which was an acronym for something, which was at the time of its creation, the largest analog synthesizer in the world, weighing in at over one ton. Holy cow. Now he was hailed as a genius by a number of publications and he co-produced Stevie Wonder's landmark album, Inner Visions. He died after a long illness on March 26 at the age of 84. Wow. Misty Morgan, she teamed up with Jack Blanchard to record seven top 40 country hits in the 1970s, including the crossover pop hit Tennessee Birdwalk. She died on New Year's Day of Cancer at 75. Jamie O'Hara, a country artist who formed the band The O'Canes, who had a number one hit with Can't Stop My Heart from Loving You. O'Hara died January 7th, cancer at the age of 70. Ed Bruce, a songwriter who helped pen Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys and co-starred along James Garner in the TV show Brett Maverick. He died in January at the age of 81 from what were described as natural causes. Patsy Bruce, Ed's wife, uh, ex-wife, I should say, a manager and songwriter in her own right, died four months later uh, at the age of 81. Mm. Jimmy Rogers, a country pop singer and actor who had a number one hit with Honeycomb, he died January 18th of kidney disease. He was 87. Randy Park, now he's probably best known as Dolly's brother, but Randy was a very talented singer, songwriter, and actor in his own right. He died of cancer at the age of 67 on January 21st. And another sad loss for Dolly Parton's family was Bill Owens. who was an early songwriting collaborator and mentor for his niece, Dolly Parton. He passed at the age of 85 in April. Jim Weatherly. Now, he was a quarterback at Ole Miss, and he wrote a number of country hits, but you would likely best remember him for pinning the absolute classic Midnight Train to Jordan. Our mom's favorite Wow. Yeah. L.D. Uh, He died February 3rd at 77 of natural causes richie albright was one of country music's absolutely most famous sidemen in history he was the drummer friend and quote right hand man of the great waylon jennings he
1: mm-hmm. also played
3: with also played with johnny cash and he was still touring as of a year or two ago with a group called waymore's outlaws he died february 9th at the age of 81
2: Mm.
3: Razzie Bailey the country artist who had five number one hits in the 1980s including four in a row at one point early in the decade died in August at the age of 82. Don Maddox was the last living member of the Maddox Brothers and Rose one of the early very influential bands of country he died at the age of 98 on September 12th. Gary Scruggs a bluegrass musician and the oldest son of the great Earl Scruggs He died December 1st at the age of 72. Sonny Osborne, another bluegrass luminary. Sonny was part of the Osborne brothers who recorded some absolute classics of the genre, including one. Everybody knows that being Rocky Top. Uh, He passed away in October at the age of 90. Taylor D was an up-and-coming country singer and was very sadly just 33 years old when she died from injuries sustained in a car wreck on March 14th. Brett Bradshaw was a former drummer of the band Faster Pussycat. Of course, had a big hit with House of Pain. He died unexpectedly at his home March 26th and was just 50 years old. Lloyd Price was called Mr. Personality. Price was an immensely influential rock and R&B artist who had hits like Stagger Lee and Laudy Miss Claudie. He died of diabetes complications at the age of 88 on May 3rd. And here is another fun fact. Fun fact. One more time with some feeling. Price played at a promotional concert ahead of the famous Rumble in the Jungle boxing match, and he actually formed a record label at one time with Don King, which I thought was extremely interesting.
1: That is so weird. That is bizarre. It, it's, a, it's very weird and very random. He
3: played at a concert before uh, Ali and Foreman boxed in the Rumble in the Jungle, yeah. so pretty cool. Marcus Malone was known as the Magnificent. Malone was a percussionist for the band Santana. He died at the age of 77 on October 12th. Did I you see died. how he
2: passed?
0: No, I didn't. Well... Let me let me offer that. So he lived to be 77 years old. On October 12th, 2021, there was a car in an accident. The wheel flew off and hit him. Jesus. He was rushed God. to the hospital and regretfully, he succumbed to his injuries. Oh, God. That's how it was hit that, by that's a trash tire. God. Oh, man. Yeah.
3: Ralph Peterson Jr. was a band leader and jazz drummer who played with pretty much all the big names of the genre. He was just 58 when he died March 1st from complications from cancer. Young Dolph was a, ra- a rapper who had six top 40 albums in the last four years. Oh, he. Been- wow. He very tragically died November 17th at the age of 36 after being shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, jeez! Mm-hmm. Another, uh, along the same line, unfortunately, Y&T1 was a 17-year-old rapper who was shot to death in a car in Connecticut back in August.
2: Jeez.
3: Sean McLemore was a gospel artist and leader of New Image. He died October 9th at the age of 59 after a brief illness. Sarah Dash was part of the 70s group LaBelle. But she also did session and touring work with the Rolling Stones. She was 76 when she died very unexpectedly on September 20th two days after her final performance. On September 18th, she was apparently at a Patti LaBelle concert when Patti recognized her and called her up on stage and they sang together. Jerry Marsden was the leader of Jerry and the Pacemakers, which had a string of hits in the early 60s, including Ferry, Cross the Mercy. He died January 3rd of a blood infection at the age of 78. Ray Campy was known as the King of Rockabilly. Uh, he was also a college professor, by the way, <laughs> just, just, just as to throw in. Uh, he died in his sleep March 11th at the age of 86. Patty Maloney, the Irish musician, producer, and composer played on all 44 albums by the band The Chieftains. He passed away October 12th at the age of 83. Graham Edge was a co founder and the former drummer of the Moody Blues. He was a rock and roll Hall of Famer who died November 11th at the age of 80 of cancer. JD Crow, a master banjo player who fronted the influential Kentucky Mountain boys and the band new south he died very recently it was december 24th at the age of 84 Dion estes the bass player for the band wham and for george michael's first two uh solo projects he was just 65 when he died on october 11th ron bush the drummer for the band iron butterfly he was the only person Mm. to play on every iron butterfly album (laughs) he died back in august at the age of 79 of cancer kelly hand a musician and dj who founded her own record label, uh, the Detroit native and rapper died August 3rd of heart disease at the age of 56. Patrick Sky was an acclaimed folk artist uh, who died on May 26th at the age of 80 of cancer. Phil Spector. Now, he would have been best known, of course, as one of the most famous and lauded producers in the history of music.
1: Didn't he create the wall of sound?
3: He created the wall of sound. But he also was convicted of murder
2: and was sentenced to jail. And here's and, the
1: thing about, and the, ha- the, thing about and it. the hair and yep. the eyes at the trial. Yep. That it was the hair for me because yeah. it looked like a Muppet. Well, it, <laughs> it looked like he killed a Muppet, shorn it, and then glued it to his head, and then took a penny, licked it, and stuck it in a light socket. And that's how you got his hair. Out.
3: <laughs> An it, apt description. I like have
1: he, he had Charles Manson. You know how they the song is Betty Davis eyes? He had Charles Manson eyes.
2: He Just, had Charles Manson eyes. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that is of particular interest to me because, you know, I love true crime. Yeah. But, you know, things that are hard to look at is like. Yep he was one of them just hard to look at just not easy on the eye your eyes had to work harder it was like it was like when you watch a video game cutscene and it's just almost almost human but like not human that was what phil Spector looked like he was the uncanny galley yeah. of record producers
3: pretty much well he died on uh june 16th at the age of 81 his uh, daughter said after his death that uh, he passed from COVID complications.
1: Well, he's also uh, in prison, which I think like the COVID, COVID ran rampant through the prison it, system.
3: It, it, it did. And he was older and I think he, I think had some health issues on top of that before that, but he was, a, he was actually eligible for parole in 2024. Really? Had, had he made it that long, he sure was. Wow. And the last person on my list before I get to the person who I'm going to spend a moment on actually was not a musician at all. I am completely cheating and I do not care. He was um. a recording artist however. <laughs> he was a recording artist however because he did put out comedy albums and that was the great Norm Macdonald.
1: Look, here's the thing. Something's going to happen at the end of this episode. Two things yeah. actually. From me, I will allow Norm Macdonald.
3: Thank you. He was one of the most unique comic, comic voices of all times. He was in my humble opinion the best uh, news anchor in Saturday night history. It's pretty inarguable. He was the greatest talk show guest in in the history of of television. He told these ridiculously long, rambling 10-minute stories that ended with a cheesy punchline that was somehow magic. (laughs) Just unbelievably funny on top of just of of everything else that he brought to comedy. Uh, He was an actor. He was a writer. He was a director. He very oddly was a golf aficionado. He was friends with Billy Joe Schaber somehow. What? Which I would love to And it and and it came out after after he uh, shortly after he died a couple of months ago that he once spent the weekend at Bob Dylan's house. He went to one of Bob's concerts and Bob met him after one and said, hey, I know you from the TV. And they hung out and Bob invited him to, to his house and he stayed there all weekend and they talked about the Bible and stuff. It was interesting.
0: Again, it's like it's
3: like Bob uh, he, here. Unfortunately, Yes, it was. <laughs> hey, hey, him i come on, man, talk about a king. Yes, He died. Wow. Uh, like I said, a couple of months ago, he was 61, and he had sick, he had very privately battled um, acute leukemia for nine years, and just didn't tell anybody. So yeah, he was very private about the shock. whole. He was private about the whole diagnosis and treatment. He was very yeah. He just never said anything to anybody. He certainly never said anything publicly, and even some of his best friends didn't know he was sick. Some of them had a hint that something was up just because of his physical appearance, but he he never told like his closest friends. They didn't know, so uh, R.I.P. the norm. And finally, we come to a man, if I called by his um, his actual given name, you might not know who he was. That would be Joe Michael Hill. You probably know him as Dusty. Hill. He was the bassist for a little old band from Texas called ZZ Top. He was born in Dallas in 1949. He played the cello <laughs> Woodrow Wilson High School, which I found hysterically funny for some reason. I would pay um, so much
0: money to see him pick up a cello the
3: way we go. Like,
0: well, yes, with the beard.
3: And the whole bit. Yeah. And the, and the cowboy hat. And I don't know if he could have yeah, played see him it. Play a cello. That,
2: that, the, beard. the beard
1: probably would get <laughs> into the way of the strings.
3: The beard would probably get in the way of the bow making contact with the strings. That's a very astute. Um, he loved blues music even from an early age and was hu- uh, hugely influenced by people like Muddy Waters and Sun House. Unlike many bassists, he did not learn to play the guitar first and then learn to play the bass. He was a bass player. He said, quote, I kind of learned how to play on stage and whatnot, and embarrassment is a great motivator. If you don't play well, standing up there with the lights on, it really stands out, so it behooves you to get your shit together pretty quick.
2: Hmm. He said.
3: Now, you have alluded to this many times before, LD. He and his brother Rocky and drummer Frank Beard were in a fake version of the Zombies that toured America and were passed off as the British rock band, The Zombies, even though they clearly were not since they were all from Texas. Yep. So I found that interesting. He and Beard eventually joined forces with a guy named Billy Gibbons to form the extremely successful band ZZ Top. Their music was amazing. Their videos were all time iconic, I would say. And Dusty was hailed after his passing by pretty much everybody is one of the best blues and rock basses in the history of music. Now, there are songs I would perhaps rather have played than the one I'm going to play for you, but this is a song that was noted in a lot of articles I read that came out after his passing as some of the best, demonstrating some of the best bass work that he ever did. Also, this is a rarity for ZZ Top songs in that Dusty sings lead on this one instead of Billy Gibbons. So ah, wow. it's a this is a great song it's a, it's an absolute banger i do love it this is from uh the 1970s album trace ombrace we're going to uh listen to a little bit of uh, zz top r.i.p dusty hill this is beer drinkers and Hellraiser. So that's probably not the best known ZZ Top song necessarily because they have, you know, so many mammoth hits in the 1980s and iconic videos to accompany them like Legs and Sharp Dressed Man and things like that. But uh, that's an early uh, ZZ Top entry. What did you guys think of it?
1: I really liked it. I thought as him as a vocalist, it was really good. It had a different flavor, but it still had the backbone of ZZ Top. And it's really funny if you know the music of the Zombies. Like that doesn't seem like something that would spring forth from the zombies. Like it it, it doesn't seem like a natural pathway to go from covering the zombies music to being your own entity and being that entity.
3: Yeah. Well, and of course there was a, there was one big difference between the version that was pretending to be the zombies and what you just heard. And that that was the addition of Billy Gibbons, of course, because he, he was, he, he joined after that, but um I thought about playing Heard It on the X, which is awesome. I thought about playing um, Waiting for the Bus, Jesus Just Left Chicago, because then I would have I would have been able to milk like seven minutes of, of dusty goodness out on the podcast. But that's one that is kind of hailed as one of the best bass parts he ever played, so I just thought we'd go with that one. It's a good choice. and And, and, and you got to hear him sing lead, too, which he didn't do very often.
1: Yeah, I think it was a very good choice. I actually really liked it. All right, so the next person up is Mr. Will the Thrill. I think, by the way, T, a very, very good list, very comprehensive list. There are definitely people that I'm looking forward to uh, covering. You know, after our 138 episode retrospective on Michael Jackson, which will conclude when we have a new president. Up next is Mr. Hickey.
0: Greetings again, and salutations again. Picking up where TJ2 left off, here are just 50 that stood out to me on the grand list of those we lost in 2021. Again, doing our best to cover as many as we can. And uh, there are some, again, heartbreakers here, some names you know, so here we go. Uh, We start off with a passing in December, and it was on December 2nd of this year. That would be Abdel Karim Al-Khabli. He was from the Sudan. He actually loved Sudanese folklore and translated that into song. He became a very well-known poet and songwriter. His career spanning for almost 60-some-odd years. We yes. lost him in December at the age of 89. Next, we have composer Alan Lucier. Alan is best known for his work, I Am Sitting in a Room. He was actually born in New Hampshire. We lost him this year at the age of 90. He passed in Middletown, Connecticut, which, fun fact, Middletown, Connecticut is the home of Wesleyan University. Oh! Wesleyan University is the alma mater
1: to my sister. And? Lin-Manuel Miranda! Yes, he was from West, so... my 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 personal deity. And there
0: is nothing else in that town, by the way. There's <laughs> the, the, the school, there's a liquor store, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the entire city right there. Or Hamlet, if you will. Next up, we have... This one is just absolutely heartbreaking. How many of you are familiar with the act Cradle of Filth?
1: Do not know it, but that sounds like a dirty name.
0: Yeah, they came out of that sort of dark metal, like industrial movement of the 90s. Like there was industrial, there was goth, and then there was this next plane. And a lot of their videos were flagged for images that were disturbing and unsettling. Um, Anyway, one of the main pioneers of that outfit was Andrea Haugen. She was known as Aghast, that was her screen name. Uh, we lost her actually in October during the unfortunate Konsberg attacks in Norway. She was actually a victim of that mass killing. Oh my God! Yeah, which started, I believe, with a guy who had a bow and arrow.
1: Like we need to talk about Kevin.
0: Yeah, and he started wandering around the streets in Kongsberg, just opened fire. There was gunfire. I think eight total were were killed that day, oh my God. Uh, including Andrea, who unfortunately lost her life at the age of 53. She leaves behind a young daughter. Uh, Next, we have Andy Williams. No, not that Andy Williams. This Andy Williams actually comes to us from the Christian rock outfit Casting Crowns. Ah. He was the drummer. Unfortunately, we would lose him this year at the age of 49. He passed from a motorcycle accident, Ah. also leaving behind a spouse and a daughter, which is very unfortunate. Ann Feeney, American folk singer, songwriter, activist. Uh, She was going for 69 strong years before we lost her this year. Due to COVID 19 mm. on February 3rd, and Feeney, singer and songwriter. Uh, next, we have Barry Harris. Barry actually hailed from Detroit, Michigan, and worked with unarguably the greatest jazz names of our time. A few include Cannonball Adderley, Dexter Gordon, and Thelonious Monk. So, some big, heavy hitters there. He lived to be 91 years old before succumbing to COVID 19. He would pass in Bergen, New Jersey. Dang. Final resting place. Barry Ryan, British pop singer. We would lose also to lung disease. He was 72 years old in 2021. Bill Conway was the famed drummer of the band Morphine. I don't know if you're familiar with them, Cure for Pain. Uh, They were very big in the 90s, actually. He was a jazz style drummer. He actually came from Owatonna, Minnesota. And this year we would lose Bill Conway. He was only 65 years old and he lost a battle to liver cancer. Mm. Another Bill, this one, actually, William Hundley Emerson Jr., better known as, conveniently so, Bill Emerson. He was a banjo player. He actually played with the Buzz, Busby, and the Bayou Boys. He was a member of the Bluegrass Hall of Fame, celebrated his 83rd birthday this year, but would also lose a battle to pneumonia, and we lost Bill Emerson. Rapper Black Rob from New York. He was 52 years old. He was famous for his single, Woe, and he would actually succumb to kidney failure this year. He was only 52 years old. Bob Matthews, famed sound engineer, actually started as a roadie for the Grateful Dead. He spent many years with the dead on the road. We lost him this year in September of 2021. And Bob Matthews should not be confused. There was, when I was researching this, another individual who's tied to a lot of hate groups. It is not that Bob Matthews, so when you look it up, look up Bob Matthews of The Grateful Dead. It's certainly not him. Byron Berline, well-known fiddle player, actually played with a number of outfits you've probably heard of. The Flying Burrito Brothers. I feel like they keep coming up. We keep mentioning them for some reason. Yeah. Like
3: a, like a lot, yes.
0: Yes. Now, I will tell you that he also worked with the Rolling Stones. He was actually famed for his contributions to Honky Tonk Woman. And again well-known fiddle player byron would leave us this year at the age of 77 and i'm glad you're back tj because i do want to jump back to someone i held out for you and that is marcel theo hall yeah okay the biz oh okay yep the biz yeah man yep what a Obviously, gag. yeah, known as a rapper and songwriter starting his career in 1977. Biz Marquis, I think, rose to prominence with You Got a Friend, but he had a lot of other songs outside of that. He was famous for performing alongside the Beastie Boys. I remember covering him in our Adam Yauk series. Uh, Biz was actually battling type 2 diabetes for several years. In July of this year, there was actually a release that he had passed and he had not. Uh, it was a hoax and it was debunked by Biz's family but the reality of it was at that point he was still having severe complications from diabetes and we would ultimately lose Bismarcky on july yeah. 16th Man,
3: yeah but he was a dj and a rapper and just friend obviously everybody remembers that but there was more to him musically than that um that, that i'll including the duty rap which i don't care what anybody <laughs> says the, the, the toilet store rap. I don't care what anybody says. I love it. And you can bite me if you don't like
1: But also he was uh, in Men in Black 2 uh, in the mailroom scene and he did his like signature beatboxing and it was awesome. And like for anyone at that time who didn't point at the screen and go, oh my God, it's Biz Marquis. You're <laughs> wrong for that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So Biz, we, we miss you. We obviously miss everyone on this list. Biz, uh, thank you, Biz. Thank you. Your performance of Benny and the Jets with the Beastie Boys is just God. That is just gold. Trainwreck. I, you rarely see Adam Yauk crack, but you do during that. He just can't hang on. It's hysterical. <laughs> Famed singer Carlos Martin. Carlos was known for Il Divo. He was actually a German-born singer, but he became well-known in the Spanish music community. He was a baritone. He had sold in his career over 28 million records with Il Divo. Huge talent, tremendous voice. Came down with COVID-19. Mm. He went into the hospital. He was placed into a medically induced coma in December of this year, and on the 19th of December, Carlos Martin would pass away at the age of 53. He would never come out of that coma.
2: Oh. So very sad.
0: Another kind of mysterious death is Charles Ingles, aka Charles the First, famed DJ and EDM producer in Europe. Charles passed away at the age of 25, and the details are still speculative really yeah very strange story there so uh we're sad that he's gone obviously his contributions to the edm movement in in europe is, is quite substantial but he passed away at the old oh, at the young age of 25 Jeez. so yeah that's a tough one uh another one we have uh been with us a very long time is chick correa famed jazz pianist chick was famed for his work with herbie hancock john coltrane And the Miles Davis band. Wow. Yeah, I'll I'll mention someone you know in a minute. Don't worry. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) His famed songs are actually "500 Miles High" and "Spain." Uh, Again, he worked with some of the biggest names. He won 25 Grammy awards during his lifetime. We lost him in 2021. (laughs) Yeah. 25. 25 Grammy awards. Yep. Damn.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He just cleaned up, and we lose him this year A Battle with Cancer. Chick lived to be 79 years old. Next, we have Clarence Mac McDonald. He was actually a producer, and he started as a keyboard player. He hailed from Los Angeles and actually made his career working with a lot of musicians and outfits. I'll just name a few off the cuff here. The Fifth Dimension. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Actually, very close friends with my mom. Yeah, for the Fifth
0: Dimension. We yep, sure are yeah, Yes, Seals and Croft. Ray Charles. Summer, please. Oh, yeah, Boz Skaggs, Aretha Franklin, Carol King, James Taylor, and Justin Timberlake. Dan Sartain, born in Alabama, became famous on the indie rock and rockabilly scene. He was actually into bluegrass and indie music. Performed with both the White Stripes and the Hives. He would pass away at the age of 39 on March 20th, 2021. Cause of death, still speculative. Wow. Mm-hmm. Next, we come to someone I knew better as an actor than as a singer, and that is DMX, better known yeah, his moniker. His real name was Earl Simmons. He was, of course, born in New York. DMX was known, again, for me, films such as Exit Wounds with Steven Seagal. Obviously, he was a prolific rapper, had a number of albums, uh, but I knew him better as an actor. Romeo Must Die, Cradle 2, the film Belly, which I think was Jim Darmouche if I'm not mistaken. Um had a great career unfortunately we would lose him he actually he actually died from a cocaine overdose which affected his heart and ultimately his brain
3: yeah and and dmx lived about 25 or 30 miles as the crow flies from where i'm sitting right now
1: did yeah. he, he lived
3: in he lived he lived for a, a very long time in greer south carolina he sure no did. kidding wow i know a bunch of people said he would just be like hanging out in greer just Wow. Very, very nice and always always happy to take pictures with people and, and sign stuff and just a nice guy from everything my, i ever heard
1: one of my favorite things was that there used to be this fantastic uh video essay channel on youtube called crack it was also a magazine but there was you know a big it, it, it moved into the video realm and there was this thing called i think it was either the spit i think i believe it really was called the spit take and it was the editor-in-chief of crack jack o'brien talking about stars who are way out of touch, and they actually featured DMX learning about the internet. And it wasn't <laughs> like 1997, it was like 2015. And he's like, wait, well, well what is this Google? And like, just watch it, it's just like, this can't be real. Like, this cannot be real. And and apparently, it, it was just, he had no idea how to use the internet.
3: Yeah, well, I don't either. <laughs> hey, I can <laughs> I can be on crack or whatever that (laughs) (sighs) was.
0: DMX songwriter, rapper, actor. We will miss you. That is for sure. Michael Turner, AKA double K was actually a DJ and also a rapper. He is best known for his duo act. People under the stairs was a rap group. He actually gained notoriety first by covering the fat boys in a talent show. And then thus would go on to found people under the stairs. We lost him in 2021 at the age of 43. Dr. Lonnie Smith, famed jazz organist from the state of Florida, where all the weird stuff happens. Uh, Lonnie worked with a number of jazz and big band acts, but I think the most prominent is actually George Benson. Uh, Lonnie would pass away at the age of 79. Argentinian singer and actor Ilio Roca, famous for several films in Argentina, would actually succumb to heart failure at the age of 78. Elliot Mazer, famed engineer and song producer. Most notable acts he worked with included Dylan, Bob Dylan, that is, Neil Young, and Linda Ronstadt. And she's most famed for his work with Linda. He suffered a heart attack and would pass at the age of 79. Vincenzo Restuccia, known by his moniker Enzo, was actually hailed from Naples, Italy.
2: Hey, we've we've been been there.
0: Yep, He was an Italian drummer, actually very big in rock and prog rock in europe yeah in italy he would perform all over the world including mostly europe he was actually a neapolitan native and he would pass at the age of 80 on december 5th of this year who remembers the beat the beat yeah side by side tears of a clown the british band from the 80s no tj got anything the beat t who what name the british pop band the beat i don't think i'm familiar actually well, their drummer was Everett Morton. He was their drummer, and he would pass away this year on October the 8th, 2021. Another Italian, he was nicknamed Il Maestro. Il Maestro. Mm-hmm. Also big in, in rock and jazz. His name was Franco Battiato. I'm not sure. <laughs> say, say it with power. Franco Battiato. Bravo, right? Bravo. <laughs> Known as Il Maestro, he was actually a Sicilian. We would lose him on May 18th at the age of 76. Fritz McIntyre, best known as his work as the keyboardist for Simply Red.
2: Holding back the year.
0: If you uh, don't know me by now. <laughs> uh, Made it to the age of 62 in 2021. We lost him on August the 24th.
2: Ooh.
0: Thank you, thank you, TJ. Garth Dennis, a Jamaican reggae musician famed for his work with Black Uru. He was actually, like I said, from Jamaica. His most notable music act was The Wailing Souls. He lived to be 72 years old, but unfortunately, he had complications from pneumonia. He would pass away in a medical facility, in fact, a Kaiser Permanente. Hey, that's my on, that's my hospital. In Ontario, California this year, he was 72.
1: Shout out to Dr. Kang.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Another British rock outfit we have the band The Delays. Their frontman was famed singer Greg Gilbert. Greg was actually diagnosed with bowel cancer in 2016.
1: Oh, no. Yeah,
0: he fought a courageous battle for 5 years. Obviously ups and downs, treatment, but he would ultimately lose that battle and in 2021 Greg Gilbert passed at the age of 44. Jeez. Now we go to The Roots. Mm. Uh leonard hubbard yeah. this one hit me i guess you know there's so many things that he could be known for obviously the roots being the most prominent and his work in jimmy fallon is it yes with the tiny instruments, tiny instruments. Uh, well, he was the house, they
1: were the house band they were the house so. band yeah
0: hub was the bass player and songwriter also for the roots he actually battled multi melanoma i believe is the disorder Uh, He would pass away on December 16th at the age of 62. Ian Carey, another famed EDM musician and DJ uh, from Europe. He would pass away on August 19th of this year. So would Canadian musician famed for his work with Uncut. That would be Ian Warren. He passed away in 2021 at the age of 47. James Harmon, famed blues guitar player, hailed from Texas. He suffered a heart attack on May 23rd, 2021. David Black, better known as Jay
1: Black. Aww. From Jay and the Americans. Jay and the Americans. Come a oh. little oh. bit Close closer you, my man. Man. Now, Now, the thing is, uh, they use that song in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. and you had no idea what the song was. Nope. And I had to play it for you. And it's funny because I don't think that Kevin Feige understood uh, the how in not, not inappropriate but how much that song didn't fit the rest <laughs> of the, the movie is like normally like for the first movie for guardians of the galaxy one the soundtrack was incredible but for guardians of the galaxy two i think they got a little bit off the rails and they're just like i like this song and everyone should listen to it <laughs> and that's why we got the chain which is fine but also not the most badass song that a group of superheroes can slow walk to down a hallway that scene is pretty awesome though yeah that's one with the arrow yeah well no the one with the jay and americans is Mm -hmm. the arrow where they're killing everybody but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that
0: Uh, needless to say david aka j suffered from alzheimer's he was actually under medical care in queens new york and he would ultimately lose a battle with pneumonia david blatt aka j black would pass away on october 22nd of this year Joe Simon, famed singer for R&B and Soul, lost on December 13th of 2021. John Hinch was the original drummer for the band Judas Priest. No. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking
2: the law. Breaking the law.
0: There is uh, not much. There's some sort of conflicting detail about his passing. What we do know is he was ill and had been ill for some time. John Hinch would pass away on the 29th of April this year, 2021. Another singer from that era, Johnny Solinger. Many of you know him as the one who replaced Sebastian Bach in Skid Row. Oh, wow. Yep, he became the second lead singer then because I believe Bach was the first. Uh, he suffered liver failure in 2021. And on January 26th, John Solinger would pass away. He was only 55 years old. I received a very grim birthday present this year. Juan Nelson, famed bass player for Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals.
1: Ben Harper was was college. Oh, he was the college soundtrack. He was the college soundtrack Absolutely. for us. That and Savage Garden. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite a separation right there. Look, you <clears throat> had your weird Yankee upbringing, and I had my sweet Southern upbringing. So.
0: Well, we were united ben, by Ben Harper. Yes. We have that. He would pass away on my birthday, June 9th, oh, 2021. Sucks. Les Emerson. We discussed him, I think, in the last episode, right? Did we? Yeah, because I believe that's when he had actually passed. He passed on the 10th of December. Oh, so maybe two episodes ago. Maybe two episodes ago. Yeah. He was, of course, a Canadian-born singer. He was best known for his work with the Five-Man Electrical Band, which was the first band to perform signs. Yep. It was made famous by Tesla in the 90s, but Five-Man Electrical Band. Can lay claim, we lost Les Emerson this year at the age of 77. He passed on the 10th of December from COVID-19 complications. Jeez, that's what, three or four people on your list alone that passed? I think I've got three or four, yeah. Ugh. That might be it yeah. from my list, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. Mm. Les McEwen from the Bay City Rollers. The Bay City Rollers. The greatest band in the history of music. Everyone knows Saturday Night. I mean, on Saturday Night. Uh, well,
1: okay. Saturday Night. Well, here's his thing. Night. We, you guys, we all love. We we collectively love a movie that like four people have seen, which yep. is which is so I married an axe murderer. Whoa, yes. whoa!
0: I think it's such a, a bigger cult movie than you
3: gave I don't, credit. For I
1: it. don't know. No one has. No,
0: ever, I, no. It's
3: it's like ten people. Like like, yeah. there's I, like group, not many.
1: Maybe twenty. Small, a small group of people that have watched that, and so that include
3: know. that includes Mike Myers and Nancy Travis.
1: <laughs> however, <laughs> and Anthony Alpaglia. However, uh. They would have gotten a lot more love in the movie Love Actually, where they play Bye Bye Baby, and Liam Neeson makes the speech, and he says that she's going to say goodbye to us. It's his wife's funeral. He says he's going to say she's going to say goodbye to us, uh, ever so coolly, by the music of the Bay City Rollers. So I think they got a good shout out in Love Actually, and a shout out that only you know eleven people heard in 1996. in the movie so i married an axe murderer (sighs) if you guys haven't seen so i married an axe murderer it's an amazing 45 minute film that lasts for an hour and 45 minutes
0: (laughs) it is the greatest example of a movie going completely off the rails in the third act yeah like first two parts gold ralph ralph your Ralph. ralph and of course mike myers is naked because i believe that must be in his contract somewhere he has to be naked and everything
1: woman man Whoa, man, yeah. man.
0: man. so <laughs> jane
3: get me off this, this crazy, crazy thing,
2: thing called, called love, love. love.
0: <laughs> so takeaways folks see so i married an axe murderer i'm sure mike myers will appreciate the residuals and the singer from that band les McEwen passed away on April 20th of 2021. He actually had cardiovascular disease. Um, he had hypertension. Ow. And this all culminated in a cardiac arrest. Yeah. So that led to his passing. It was very unfortunate. All right. Next, we have uh-huh. Pat Rizzo, who was a saxophonist for Sly and the Family Stone, which uh, note to future selves of rock and roll heaven. I think we need to have a best use of 80s saxophone slap nuts. I'm putting it out there now uh, Baker Street Blues. Oh, good, good one.
3: I don't. I don't know what that is but um was-
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> it's just back to straight. it's just back to straight.
0: i mean uh, wham
3: careless whisper. jerry rafferty yeah, yeah 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 careless whisper probably yeah. probably and, and, and we'll, we'll uh, save it for a slap nuts i think we should do a slap yes nut so. we should do it that's a whole thing
0: oh, I do. yes yeah definitely slap notes worthy but pat rizzo was a master of the saxophone with sly and the family stone every day everyday people uh yes yep that's them yeah, absolutely. He has actually diagnosed with cancer five years ago. It would spread, and he would ultimately lose that fight on the 15th of April, 2021. Phyllis McGuire, lead singer of the McGuire Sisters from the 1950s and also an actress. She would be 89 years old. She would pass just a couple of days ago on the 29th of December. Mm. We lost Phyllis McGuire. Reed Mullen, who was the co-founder and drummer of a band. TJ, maybe you knew these guys. Corrosion of Conformity. Yep, sure do. Albatross.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> well, oh, I love that riff. The um, thing, well, the, the crazy
3: thing is that uh, when he died, we, we, I think we mentioned it in whatever our next, the next episode was during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, that that band had been together like way longer than I had ever
0: realized yeah they came together in the 80s and they rose to prominence in the mid 90s i mean they were kind of grunge but not quite uh yeah. they were grunge slash i guess hard rock for lack of a better term but uh, i remember buying the first corrosion of conformity album loved it uh reed actually had ongoing issues with alcohol uh he struggled with addiction he would ultimately lose that fight due to complications of alcohol-related illness. And on the 27th, we would lose him at the age of 53. Really tragic.
1: Just 53? 53
0: years old, wow. yeah. Ronnie Wilson of the Gap Band. This one hit me. I don't know why. Mm. I mean, everyone knows you dropped a bomb on me. But if you go back to the Gap Band's catalog, they are one of the tent poles of funk. Unarguably. And Ronnie Wilson was just, I mean, he was Founder of the band, he was a keyboard player. He was a singer. He would make it all the way to 2021, and in November on the second, he would have a stroke, and that stroke would claim his life. So farewell, Ronnie. We miss you. This one also hit me like a truck, and that'd be none other than Gregory Jacobs, better known as Shock G, mm. from the Digital Underground, folks. Yep. Humpy Hump lost to an accidental drug overdose on the 22nd of April. At the age of 57, the CD sex packets lived in my CD player in college. I had one of those five disc changers.
1: Yeah. Oh, remember those? You were fancy. <laughs> like the one that <laughs> well, was in the yeah. back of your car?
0: No, no, it was a standalone unit. I guess could put it in the back of your car,
1: but. Uh, oh, like yeah. not, not in your car. Like you were fancy if you had the one that was in your car. No, I didn't have like, that one. Yeah.
0: But it was one of the five discs that was always in there. And we had one of those auto timers where it would wake you up. And would basically go to a disc at random. And I remember every night my roommate would ask me, he would say, are we gonna wake up to the Humpty Dance again? And I would say, God, I hope so. And I believe TJ, you had said that they were the digital underground, the highlight of what you consider the worst film ever made, correct?
3: Yes, they, they were the lone saving grace of
2: Nothing the-
3: <laughs> Absolute, yes, that is the worst movie. That is like a week old turd and a flower sister. That is <laughs> the worst movie ever ever made the biggest waste of talent in the history of cinema nothing but trouble ladies and gentlemen thank you digital underground for same song which was uh, on the soundtrack and really good and for bringing like two seconds of levity and joy to an otherwise overall waste of space unfunny piece of garbage yeah.
1: don't and- talk about me like <laughs> i'm not here <laughs>
0: Uh, so needless to say we miss you gregory jacobs thank you for everything and i can't take credit for this one but it was all over the internet when he passed rest in peace and humptiness forever farewell I shock don't know if that's a real word yes it is now all words are made up <laughs> tim bogert is that like the thing in harry potter that's a bogert ah bogert i'm sorry uh he was actually a bass player famed for his work with vanilla fudge cactus and beck he also had his own outfit bogert and App and a piece he again was a well-known bass player he would lose a battle to cancer on january 13th of 2021 tony markellis was a musician a bass player in the trey anastasio band as we know trey loves his side projects and this was no exception unfortunately tony would pass away on april 29th he would die in his sleep a more recent loss that we had actually let me go back on that one i forgot he passed earlier this year was vicente fernandez yes yes El Rey, famed Mexican pop singer, probably one of the biggest pop singers ever in Mexican history, correct?
1: Like, we had, like, when he passed,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, number one, there was, like, a massive gathering at his star Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. It was huge. It was huge. And then uh, it was just a mass gathering, and I don't think that it was, like, sanctioned. I think people just started showing up Mm. to it, so you know that his nickname was El Rey which is the awesome. Light, yeah well it's funny because uh, Robert Rodriguez's TV channel is called El Rey
0: mm-hmm. millions and millions of record sales worldwide he was kind of like the Tony Bennett of we talked about Mexico that, yeah anyway he was that status nine Latin Grammy wins stupendous musician we would lose Vicente this year he was 81 years old which brings me to, TJ, you had pointed this out, a lot of losses this year. However, few bands lost two members. One of them was Cinderella. And moreover, yeah. few, ben, few bands lost members on the same day.
3: Yes. I've dealt, dealt, I don't know that I've ever heard of such a thing that didn't involve like
0: a, a Banging Crash
3: or something like that, yeah.
0: Now, I'm sure most of you know the band Cinderella, glam slash rock outfit from the mid 80s, founded in Philadelphia by the man with an unmistakable voice, Tom Kiefer. Uh, He would lose two of his bandmates this year on the same day. And those would be Gary Corbett and Jeff Labar. We're gonna talk about Corbett first, then go to Labar here. Corbett was actually well-known for not only his work with Cinderella, but with Kiss, and as the co-writer of She-Bop. Oh, wow. Yep, he was a co-writer with Cyndi Lauper. He was born in Tennessee, and it's odd because his date of birth is contested. We think it's around 1958, give or take. So we'll call it 1958, which would put him at 63 at the time of his passing, but again, it is debated. Gary was born in Tennessee, but he would ultimately grow up in Brooklyn, New York. He started playing music at the age of four. And allegedly, by the time he was 10, he was a paid musician. He was playing oh. gigs, yep. 10. He, when he was 10 years old, yep. What were you doing at 10? Not that. Yep. Uh, he actually worked with the famed Doc Stevenson from The Tonight Show. He allegedly played with the big band. Some other out- outfits he worked with over the years include Cherry Vanilla, Ian Hunter, Mick Romson, Lou Graham, Debbie Gibson, and Taylor Dane. Other acts he would hook up with would be Molly Hatchett, Chris Cagle, Ziggy Marley, and Ronnie Wood. He was considered one of the hardest working musicians in show business. He's one of these guys who toured all the time. And it was in 1991 that he was, he was actually approached by Tom Kiefer and asked to tour with Cinderella. That tenure would last from 1991 to 2017 wow when kiefer said the band was officially done it was interesting that corbett would come on board with the band in 1991 because at that time they offered up a single And you guess what that one was tj you probably know this one once bitten twice shy that's not cinderella No, nah, well
3: that's that's totally the wrong band uh
0: 1991 yes hint the soundtrack uh, came out in 92 the little mermaid
3: song from 91 they had oh god i don't remember coming home uh last mile no close no.
0: though it would be hot and bothered which was of course uh, from from wayne's, wayne's world. world yes sir Cat scratch fever that's ted nugent
3: <laughs> that's ted nugent um good guess not really anyway. at all if you guys don't know this <laughs>
1: i i actually don't know i if you I, played I say from wayne's world i probably know it but like i i don't think uh it's hot and
3: bothered thing. i would say that cinderella was um a band that gets mislabeled as being a vapid hair band. And there was so much more depth to them than that.
0: Oh God, Night Songs is a masterpiece. I mean, he's so good. Uh, Needless to say, that single and that soundtrack gave Corbett platinum status as a musician. He would go on to compose for film and television. He would actually become an Emmy winner in 2014. He did music for a documentary called Hunger in America which would net him an Emmy. Corbett would actually suffer from a lung cancer diagnosis. He would ultimately pass away on July 14th due to complications with cancer at the approximated age of 63. And that, of course, is the same age as Jeffrey Philip Labar. Jeffrey was also born in 1963, March 18th, in Darby, Pennsylvania. He grew up in Upper Darby, which should remind you of another subject of this year, Jim Croce. Wow. Yeah, so another Pennsylvania boy. As we know, Pennsylvania was the founding city for Cinderella. Eric Bedingham and Tom Kiefer started them in 1982. However, Labar would not be an initial member. He was not brought on until 1985. Now, the interesting thing is around this time, the band was approached by Gene Simmons. Wow. To sign to his label, and they declined. They actually said no to Gene Simmons. Huh. Did it hurt them? Not at all. In 1985, as we, we discussed, TJ, Night Songs was released, followed by Long Cold Winter, two albums that were just atmospheric for Cinderella and probably their best known work. It was actually the Night Song album that got them a slot touring with Poison, and the rest is history. The band would go on, as I said, till about 2017, when Tom Kiefer said that the band was not going to reunite, and some of that was due to the ongoing issues Kiefer had with his vocal chords. Um, Labar would actually release a solo album in 2014 called One for the Road. He was also an avid cook. He thoroughly enjoyed cooking and posting on social media. He would cook for friends, family, he would invite people over. And his plan actually at this point was to go to culinary school Mm -hmm. as a second career. He was also a big fan of LD, this will endear him to you, of rescuing stray cats.
2: No. He was very involved
0: in local animal shelters. He actually had a cat at the time of his passing named Loki.
1: Twice reasons why I Mm -hmm. love him.
0: Uh, the circumstances of his passing are still a little bit in question. Labar was found unconscious at his home in Nashville, Tennessee, by his wife at the time, Debonique Salazar. She says that he had passed peacefully, and when they did sort of an autopsy on him, they realized that when he was discovered, he had passed. At some point, while well, he was not conscious, but the circumstances that are still very speculative. There, And again, this is speculation, so I can't put a stamp on anything I'm about to say, but here are some of the things that are discussed. There was a possible cancer diagnosis. That's a possibility. In a very interesting statement released by the family after Labar's passing, they actually said, in lieu of flowers, please consider donating to the Grammy's Music Cares Financial and Addiction Recovery Associ- Assistance Program. No. So was it cancer? We don't know. Was it addiction? We don't know. All we know is that on July 14th, Jeff Labar would leave the party. He left behind his wife, Dominique at the time, uh, Debonique, I'm sorry, correction, Debonique with a B, and his son, Sebastian, who went on to become a guitar player himself and released this following statement. My father, my hero, and my idol passed away today. I'm at a loss for words. I love you, Pop. If you could, please share pictures or video of all the fun times we had with my dad. Our family would greatly appreciate it. And so the song I offer up to you today actually comes not from Night Songs, but from long, cold winter I think it's appropriate ooh, for all the musicians. Another great ooh, another great another yeah. terrific album, it just spectacular. Uh this one comes from Long Cold Winter, and I think it's appropriate. Here is Last Mile.
1: And we are back.
0: All right. So guitar work by Jeff Labar, famous song by Cinderella, Last Mile. LD, you've not heard that one.
1: No, I'm going to tell you, like, it's weird because hair metal was never my genre. Like, it just never was. Now, T, I know that you, I probably picked up some by osmosis, <laughs> but right. the fact is, like, it was not my genre because I, mm-hmm. I was still in Motown land and, you know. I was still in Mom Radio at that time. I'm going to call it Mom Radio. I'm going to get so much hate mail on this. Nah, I don't think
2: so. Yeah.
0: The hair metal movement is very controversial.
3: Yeah, but again, they were they had a little more depth than a lot of uh, of the bands who are lumped in there. They there was a little there was almost a little bit of a country vibe on some of their songs, like Coming Home and stuff. And Tom Kiefer had such such a unique and interesting voice. Or ha- has because um, he's still with us, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's good. Yeah. Good song from a great album, in my opinion.
1: All right. All right. Well, you know, when you literally started talking, honey, about, you know, LaVar and that they had lost members. I have two of those. Really? Yes. Actually, I, I have two or three people who lost multiple members. Oh, wow. Because this year we both we both lost Terrence Wilson and Brian Travers of UB40. Oh, wow. Where Terrence was the singer, and then Brian was the co-founder and the saxophonist. And they both passed this year. And then uh, we have Bunny Whaler, which is actually his his real name is uh, Neville Livingston. He was actually a member of Bob Marley and the Whalers, won three Grammys, and is actually the last, he was the last surviving member of the group. Oh, wow. So there are no more whalers. Then you have Keith Allison of Paul Revere and the Raiders. Uh, he was the band member and the singer. And then this one was uh, this one kind of blindsided me, which is Mary Wilson. She was 76, and she was with the Supremes. She was the singer and the co-founder of The yep. Supremes. Wilson actually later became a New York Times bestselling author in 1986 with the release of her first autobiography, which was Dream Girl, My Life is a Supreme which I do believe the Broadway musical was based on, Dream Girls. And oh. that, set, that actually set records for sales at the time in its genre. And then she also kind of regained it again with another uh, book called Supreme Faith, Someday We'll Be Together. And then this one, this one was the, the, the one that just gut punched me. Stephen Sondheim, yes. 91. Pulitzer Prize and Award winning Broadway <laughs> legend. Among some of the most important figures in 20th century musical theater, Sondheim was praised for having reinvented the American musical with shows that tackled unexpected themes that ranged far beyond the genre's traditional subject, with music and lyrics of unprecedented complexity and sophistication. He was a sadist. Let's (laughs) let's just put it this way: that man was a sadist because there are clips of him doing like session, like going to different colleges and coaching people uh, doing a song called i'm not getting married today from company and you can just see the look on his face where these people try to hit the notes in the amount of time allotted and it's almost like a, a game like can you do it and just the look of satisfaction on his face if they fly or fall doesn't matter he's smiling uh for those who don't know he actually wrote the lyrics for west side story and gypsy before being a composer and a lyricist some of his best-known works are Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Company, which I despise, but I love, <laughs> I love certain songs from Company, but I hate Company. I think it's just like that one song. Uh, the Bobby Baby yes. song. Yeah, it's it, it just in my head. Arrgh. Anyway, he did Follies, A Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd, Merrily We Roll Along, Sunday in the Park with George, and one of how I kind of got introduced into the musical world, which was Into the Woods. Uh, Wanda Young, Motown hit maker with the Marvelettes, 78. That was wow. another one that was, we we heard that on the radio, which yeah, is got me. Yeah. Uh, again, this was another person who was with Bob Marley and the Wailers. He was their percussionist. His name was Alvin Seco Patterson, but his real name was Francisco Willie. We lost Ari Gold, LGBTQ singer-songwriter, was an American pop singer and a songwriter. He was openly gay. And recently addressed both him being Jewish and gay, and also starred in an autobiographical theater production, Ari Gold, Untitled The Making of a Gay Pop Star. That's got to be so incredibly hard to be gay and Jewish.
0: Isn't that also the name of Jeremy Piven's character, in Entourage? Might
1: have been. Yes. Actually, it was. I don't know if the link up is there know. if there's any. But... Yes, but I think you're right. Yeah. I didn't watch the show, but no, that seems yeah. right. Daryl Wayne Caldwell, AKA Draco the Ruler. He was only 28, yes. stabbed to death. He Whoa. was he was stabbed backstage at around 8:30 PM on December 18th, 2021, during the Once Upon a Time LA in LA festival. And that that was actually headlined by Snoop Dogg. Wow. Initial eyewitnesses accounts report that he was stabbed in the neck during an altercation. Later, his mother revealed in an interview with Rolling Stone that his brother and their entourage were attacked by around 40 to 60 men in masks which is, I I
2: can't.
1: Uh, Gil Bridges from Rare Earth. He was the saxophonist and co-founder. Passed away at the age of 80 of COVID-19. Kansas-born keyboard player, and he was one that toured with Bonnie Raitt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pat Martino, 77. He was a jazz guitarist. We have Claire de la Fuente. She was known as the Karen Carpenter of the Philippines and the jukebox queen, and she passed at the age of 62. Kevin Bueno, known as MC Kevin, was 23 years old, and he passed away in a very scary way. He f- he fell from the fifth floor of the Bursa Barra Hotel, where he was staying with his wife and friends. Uh, it was actually located in Rio de Janeiro, but he was only 23 years old, so. He fell? Yeah, he was a Brazilian pop singer, and he just fell off the balcony, fell from the fifth Jeez. floor raffaella cara was italy's one of italy's best known television personalities who shimmied danced and sang across the stage at a a time where you know it was very not cool for ladies to do that (laughs) she was kind of breaking up the status quo uh she was really really funny really really sexy but she also hosted a serious talk show and she was also a judge on the Italian voice. Now, if you go back, if you go onto YouTube, if you look up the voice nun, <laughs> like it's literally a nun who competed on the voice. You can clearly see Raffaella uh, in the, one of the center seats. She's like the second person to turn around. That's how I knew her because that clip was just so iconic. But she passed on the 5th of July in Rome. She was 78. Uh, she died in hospital. She had uh, been dealing with a long-term illness.
0: After watching the, that clip of The Voice Italy and knowing like what we have here in the States, I'm just like, we're doing it wrong. They <laughs> they have it right. We got to do
2: that.
1: <laughs> it was bananas. It was
2: awesome.
1: I will watch. <clears throat> I have no idea what they're speaking. To doesn't it, matter. it doesn't yeah. matter. It's in Italy, but you can just... The joy on their faces. It's amazing. It's such a good yeah. clip. Please go watch it. We have Al Schmidt, producer, and engineer, who won 20 Grammys. Ooh. Yeah. Alan Charles Lancaster uh, was an English musician best known for being a founding member and the basis of the band Status Quo. Uh, he passed away on the 26th of September of this year. Anita Lang, Australian singer-songwriter with a band that I absolutely love, which is Nick Cave and the Bad mm. Seeds. Uh, Prince Marky D, which was a, someone that you mentioned earlier, someone sang the Fat Boys. Right. Yep. He was the Fat Boys. Oh, Marky D. Yeah, he died February 18th at the age of 52 of heart failure. Oh. Uh, another really sad one was uh, Sophie Zion, uh, a statement by the UK-based record label, which goes by the name of Tran- Transgressive, said that Sophie was trying to watch the moon from her balcony when her leg slipped and she fell to her death.
3: Oh, god.
1: She was only 34, and she was a trans EDM artist and producer. Someone we actually kind of not not really talked about. I talked about the band during the David Bowie series, which is Mick Bolton of, of Mott the Hoople and Dexie's Midnight Runners, which I don't like. I don't like Dexie's Midnight Runners. I hate the song. Okay, so they were,
3: wait, in Mott the Hoople and Dexie's Midnight Runners, Were they ever in like Manfred Mann's Earth Band?
1: Ah! (laughs) There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I'm probably not even going to add the air horn to that, though, because ladies
3: and gentlemen, our federally mandated Manfred Mann's Earth Band reference to the podcast has been satisfied. Oh yeah, so satisfied. Oh baby, yeah, just like that.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, he passed away at the age of 72. His career began in 1969 as the member of White Myth, who opened up for bands such as Queen, Free, Humble Pie, and Atomic Rooster, which, by the way, is an excellent name. Atomic Rooster? Atomic Rooster. Atomic
3: Rooster, and then and then their, their splinter band, Nuclear Cock.
0: And Terry Webb and the
1: Spiders. are leaving. <laughs> He left the group in 1971 and he went on to have a brief stint with Blind Eye at Clockwork Orange before joining Mott and then serving as their touring keyboardist. In 1984, he joined Dexie's Midnight Runners from, you know, Come On Eileen fame. And he actually became the keyboard teacher of Paul McCartney's wife and collaborator, Linda. Wow.
3: Well, and all that in Nuclear
1: cock too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Brown. He was a producer who passed uh, following a short illness related to a fall in December. Brown entered the music business in the 70s as a drum roadie following a chance conversation with Elton John at a petrol station. So that's a copy and paste. That's a gas station over here. Uh, and went on to tape uh, OP in a studio alongside his school friend, Steve Lillywhite, who went on to produce U2, The Pogues. Big Country, Simple Minds, and more. Brown produced Wham's debut album *Fantastic* before going on to work with The Cult and The Mannix. Uh, what have- a jump
3: from what a jump from Wham to The Cult. That's quite a <laughs> quite a, quite a wide range of music there. Yeah.
1: Yes. Firewoman,
3: you're to blame. Oh, is one of the rockinest songs ever. I love it. It's her.
1: amazing. Yeah, uh, the next one we've got is uh, John Davis, who was Millie Vanilli's vocalist. Now, it's not Robert Fab, who are the ones that we saw. He was one of the unseen vocalists for that lip syncing group. Grammy winning and Grammy forfeiting. Unfortunately for him, I don't ever think that they honored him with that Grammy, which I feel like it should have gone to them.
3: Yeah, it should have.
1: Like, I agree. Yeah, I feel like he should have he should have he should have been on for that Grammy like it should like, take it away from Rob and Fab and give it to John Davis and his other partner
0: no that means there are no more members of Millie vanilli correct
1: no I think Fab still yeah he's
0: still alive
3: yeah he he is. Still alive. okay
1: Rob Rob committed suicide yeah no one took his own life yeah. I think Rob committed suicide oh, Fab geez. is still alive I think okay.
3: but he was but the this gentleman was and uh, what was a uh, never seen but but actually heard real musician that was featured on mm-hmm. Girl, You Know It's True. Yeah, yeah he,
1: was, he was basically the equivalent of Smelly Cat <laughs> for all my friends, people out there. Uh, Hilton Valentine, original guitarist and founding member of the Animals, died at the age of 77. In 1963, he was recruited to join the Animals alongside Cass Chandler, Alan Price, and John Steele. He went on to play class- classics like Baby, Let Me Take You Home, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood, We Gotta Get Out of This Place, It's My Life, And don't bring me down and i think everybody else knows like at least one song by the animals which is the house of the rising Mm sun which is a freaking amazing song timeless banger
3: eric burden was
1: the bomb yeah he actually said eric actually said uh during an interview to guitar international hilton wasn't just playing rock and roll he looked rock and roll pro call harem's former bassist alan cartwright died at age of 75 he was part of the band's lineup between 1971 and 76 playing on four albums which included the groundbreaking 1972 release live with the edmonton symphony orchestra and if you guys don't know who pro call harem is i do
3: wider shade of pale baby
1: wider shade of pale such a good song which I believe you yeah, introduced. Yes, I, I did. I had to introduce
3: Conquista, Conquistador, and I'm trying to think of a couple of, other of theirs, but that's certainly the best, not for sure.
1: Yeah, Water Shade of Pills definitely like their hit. Tony Hendra, best known as the hapless band member Ian Faith in This Is Spinal Tap, <laughs> and before you say, "Oh, but he's not uh he's not a real musician," no, he is in my head. Okay. He played Ian Faith, and this is Spinal Tap. Some of the that is one of the best rock and roll mockumentaries of all time. Mm-hmm. Fight me! He actually passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease at age seventy-nine. Oh, jeez. The film's director Rob Reiner paid tribute, saying, "Tony Hendra, who played Spinal Tap's manager Ian, has sadly passed away. A brilliant satirist who, upon learning that the band's Boston gig had been canceled, told them not to worry: Boston isn't a big college town." <laughs> Uh, it's funny if you can hear the snickering of my husband. <laughs> uh, my husband actually went to college in Boston. Yes,
0: <laughs> you could throw a rock and hit a school. It's ridiculous. <laughs> also, I would argue that if Nigel Tufnell can make the guitar world list of best guitar
1: players, then this is allowed. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Mike Mitchell, the guitarist for the Kingsman, passed away at, on April 16th. And then here's another one that, that we wouldn't normally think of being on this list but tawny katane died at the age of 59 oh that's right connie tawny katane came to prominence during the hair metal boom of the mid-1980s appearing in four white snakes video and on the cover of rat's first album out of the cellar Mm -hmm. we actually talked about tawny when she passed away this year and yeah no she deserves a spot on this list you know just like anybody else uh, former Slipknot drummer Joey Jordanson passed away at the age of 46. Jordanson played on Slipknot's infamous demo CD, an unofficial debut album, Mate, Free still, repeat, 1996, and on four studio albums, 1999 Slipknot's The Classic, Iowa, Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, and in uh, 2004, All Hope Is Gone, Four Years Later. David Leslie, American singer-songwriter, uh, passed away at the age of 74. He was known for 24 years of work with James Taylor and spent time with Boss Seger's Bonnie Raits, Dion Warwick, Luther Vandross, Aretha Franklin, and Dusty Springfield. Anyone we know? No. no. I maybe later. Okay. And then I picked <clears throat> this guy because he's got the best name ever, which if you're not a Marvel fan, it's going to go completely over your head. But this guy's name is Steve Strange. <laughs> And he was the booking agent for the Queens of Stone Age, Coldplay, Eminem, Snow Patrol, uh, Stiff Little Fingers, Jimmy World, Ash, and many more. And he passed away at age fifty-three. That means we experienced his craft firsthand. At Snow Patrol? Yes, we saw Snow, remember? Yes. Our one time of seeing Snow Patrol was like the weird end of a sitcom episode where like the kids are trying to get to a concert, but like everything goes wrong, but then they end up having Snow Patrol in their living room, (laughs) (laughs) Which which is what happened to us when we went to a party and Snow Patrol showed up and literally just... Played in the, like, bar area. They were great. So great, but it was so weird. Uh, then we got Willie Cobbs. He was an American blues singer, harmonica player, and songwriter. Cobb began his career in the 50s, recording his most famous song, You Don't Love Me, in 1960. And that was later covered by John Mayall, the Allman Brothers, Albert King, Gary Moore, and Sonny and Cher. He was 89 at the time of his death, of as yet unknown causes.
0: What day did he pass?
1: I uh, don't, I don't have a day. No. I don't have no. a day for him. Just, it's this year. John Miles, yeah. who had a top three hit with the song music in 1976, also worked with Jimmy Page and the Alan Parsons project died after a short illness at the age of 72. Mm. I have a lot of people that were in their seventies. Yeah. Howard Johnson. This guy seemed awesome. He was a tuba <laughs> virtuoso who <laughs> carved out a place for tuba in contemporary jazz and then I, I feel like my brother's going to say something unless he's on mute. We have Duke Booty. <laughs> okay, I had to be covered. I yeah. had to be covered. Sorry. He was a record producer and hip hop pioneer who co-wrote the message, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Fives' 1980 hit and a cultural staple. And uh, he passed on January the 13th. February 2nd, we lost Danny Ray, legendary MC and hype man for James Brown. On March the 6th, we lost Lou Otens, who was a Phillips engineer. And this guy, you might not know his name, Lou. He actually invented the cassette tape. And he was working with Phillips. And he actually engineered what we now know as dead media. He created something that literally anyone over the age of 35 had. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sadly, he passed away uh, on March the 6th. James Levine, who is a supremely gifted conductor, and a former maestro of the Metropolitan Opera House, basically had his career implode after allegations of sexual misconduct. I do not have a cause of death, but he passed on March the 9th. Then we have Jim Simon, Lord of Excess, and writer of operatic power ballads for Meatloaf and Bonnie Raitt. I definitely think that he will need to be covered on this show, definitely. He wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, he was a longtime collaborator with Meatloaf, and you guys know how much I love Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my dude. Like, Meat Loaf's my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also co-wrote like one of the greatest rock opera songs of all time, which was "I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That." Right. Come on, man! <laughs> uh, and
3: rock. and it's and it's all coming back to me. And yep. "Paradise by the Dashboard Light" and every big grand amazing gothic awesome song of that kind of the last like 40 years or so
1: yeah and it's so funny if you go back and you watch the video for i would do anything for love but i won't do that and celine dion's it's all coming back to me now it's almost shot for shot Mm. like the similarities in the music video i think they might have also been shot in the same place wouldn't have shocked me but like, go back and watch those two music videos. Like, the, the the similarities to both of them is ridiculous. Uh, we also lost Roger Hawkins, a house drummer at the Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Oh, wow. And if you guys don't know, Muscle Shoals is it, name dropped in a Sweet Home, Alabama. They actually went there. I, I, I had to scout talent in Muscle Shoals because American Idol went there. So, um, and I have Mika. Theo cheese and crackers uh I know that if she's listening Anastasia is gonna eat me alive yeah, because that's a, that is a Greek name <laughs> and I apologize but he was a composer he was a Greek composer activist politician and creator of music for the film Zorba the Greek oh, wow. he died at the age of 96 on September the 2nd wow. uh we have Carlisle Floyd who I feel like my brother might know do you know who Carlos uh, was? Not, not just by name. What did he do? American composer of lyrical operas steeped in the lore of the South. You lost me at opera. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he passed the day after my birthday on September 30th. And then we have David Verschberg, uh, the jazz pianist and singer, who wrote for Schoolhouse Rock, which <laughs> we were talking about him or I'm Just a Bill. Then we have uh, the Kangol Kid, and his name is Sean Well, How do you say that? Fed. yeah, Sean Fedquire, who was an early New York City hip-hop pioneer and a Brooklyn-born rapper with UTFO, passed a colon cancer at age 55. Uh, We have Janice Berry, uh, nay Shenwing, who is known professionally by her married name, Janice Long. She was an English broadcaster who's best known for her work in British music radio career that spanned five decades, she became the first woman to have her own daily show on BBC Radio One, which is massive. She appeared on other BBC Radio shows such as BBC Two, uh, BBC Radio London, BBC Radio WM, Radio Six Music, and she was a regular presenter on the television chart show Top of the Pops. At the end of her career, she hosted four nights a week on BBC Radio Wales and Saturday Afternoons on Greatest Hits Radio. This is my last page, and I don't like where this is all going. Christopher Plummer, and again, before you say anything, he was in The Sound of Music. (laughs) And before the final person I'm going to mention passed away, we were going to play Edelweiss, because it's technically a Christmas song. I don't know why it's a Christmas song, but it technically is. Uh, Canadian. Don't know if anybody knew that. He was Canadian. His career spans seven decades. (laughs) gaining recognition for his performance in film, television, and stage. He made his Broadway debut in 1954 and continued to act in leading roles, such as playing Cyrano de Bergerac in Cyrano, Iago in Othello, and playing the titular roles at Hamlet, Macbeth, King Lear, and Barrymore. Oh, wow. He performed in stage productions, including JB, No Man's Land, and Inherit the Wind. But of course, we all know him from The Sound of Music. Now, I want you guys to do me a favor and go look on YouTube. Just look up the final performance of the Von Trapp family on YouTube. And it's him doing Edelweiss. Watch it once and then watch it again. And the second time I want you to watch it, I want you guys to realize how drunk he was during that performance. Because holy shnikes, he put down a whole bottle of schnapps before shooting that. Like, and you can tell, he's like, Bleary-eyed and like, kind of falling over, and like like tries to get the crowd in by like waving his hands like, Come on, guys, let's do the woo. Adolf, yeah, all right, just the ladies. Adolf, just the guys. All right, all right, just the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: now
0: in interviews, didn't he say he? loads of working on that film
1: he said that yeah. julie andrews was like working with a valentine's day card every day <laughs> which i can only imagine
0: and so he got utterly wrecked when he filmed that. so he was
1: absolutely <laughs> schnocker when he did that so so, so literally he was just hammered so go go enjoy that on two levels all right so i'm doing something unprecedented right now what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna talk about the person that i originally wanted to close with And then, you know, we were going to just, you know, say goodbye to 2021, but then something happened. So hold that thought because we need to talk about Michael Nesmith. Mm -hmm. Passed away at the age of 78. He was the Monkees singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He was born in Texas in 1942 and turned to songwriting after several tours of duty in the Air Force. He wrote Different Drum, which was later a hit for Linda Ronstadt, Linda Ronstadt coming up again. Mm in 1964, and Mary Mary, a pro-marijuana ditty, later recorded by a Paul Butterfield blues band. From 1965 to early 1970, he was a member of the Monkees, and in 67, led the band's rebellion against their manufactured made-for-TV image, breaking ties with Don Kirshner and creating an environment where the headquarters album could be recorded. For the first time, the band could play and record their own songs rather than using the provided material and session musicians that they were locked into when they were doing a television series. He continued writing songs during his time with the Monkees, but held back much of his material for other projects, including three albums by the First National Band, the pioneering country rock band whose debut album, Magnetic Soul, is considered to be a minor masterpiece. Nesmith continued to record and release his own music and produce others. In 77, He had an international hit with Rio and made sporadic live appearances with other members of the Monkees. And in 1995, he joined the other members in the studio to record their comeback album, Justice. And two years later, he wrote and directed the TV special, Hey, Hey, It's the (laughs) Monkees. So I think you guys know where this is going because of how much I loved him and that we were actually there at at his last performance. So I am going to now play you guys one of my favorite songs. From the monkeys, here is "Daydream Believer."
2: Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. What's it ring?
1: What do we think? It's the monkeys. It's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. (laughs) You can't. Yeah. Yeah. That one still sucks, but not what we're ending with today. Because we are recording this today at, well, we started at about 1130 a.m. on December 31st of 2021. And uh, we got news this morning just before we started
3: like literally just before we started yeah. like min- minutes ahead of when we were we were to start recording
1: as in i was doing my ritualistic going to the bathroom to pee because i know these at these episodes take like three hours to record and i was just scrolling through twitter and we found out that betty white had passed yeah
3: it was the one time that uh, her name was trending and it unfortunately meant exactly what you were afraid it did
1: yeah yeah um, Betty Marion White Luden was literally the first woman of TV. And I don't TV. mean that. I don't mean that in a metaphorical way. No, I
3: mean, no, like, no, no. Yeah, like literally since the medium existed, she's no, been no, no, on no, no, it no, pretty no, much. no, no,
1: no. They were doing a test run of a signal out of, I believe, USC as a experimental television uh, program to try to get the frequencies correct. And so she was actually called in. And so to see her image on TV, she was literally the first woman that was transmitted into the wow. sphere of television. Amazing. So literally she was the first woman of TV. That is not metaphorical. That is not in any way ironic literally the first woman that was ever on television was betty Friggin white and for those i mean like i'm pretty sure we all know that she was on the golden girls i have all four (laughs) golden girls funko pops i'm looking at them right now
3: well she that that is i'll i'll and you know what come at me fight me i don't give a damn uh that is the funniest program to ever air on american television It was the filthiest show to ever air on American television in a clandest- slightly yep. clandestine way. They got away with things that are unbelievable, like even now. Yep. Um, yep. And unfortunately, I believe now every major star of that show is, has passed.
1: Well, um, yeah. All, I mean, even, even Leslie Nielsen.
3: Well, I mean, like, yeah, Leslie Nielsen, but like B. Arthur and um, mm-hmm. um, I'm Clanahan. sorry, S- S- Ru McClanahan, his mm-hmm. name, uh, Estelle Getty. Estelle so, Getty. Okay. Um, the guy that played Stan, the, the gentleman that played Miles, I, I think all of them have passed now, and that's oh yeah. incredibly sad, and that's that's just a fraction of what she, if that's all she'd ever done, it would be a, a legend, and we mm. should end the show with her.
1: Yeah, no, but, but the thing a, is, so that's a literal fraction of what she did. She was a pioneer of early television with a career spanning over nine decades. White is noted for her vast work in the entertainment industry, having one of the first women to exert control in front of and behind the camera, as well as being the first woman to produce a sitcom that was called Life with Elizabeth, which contributed her to being named Honorary Mayor of Hollywood in 1955. Wow! She's also known for her roles as Suzanne Nevins on the CBS sitcom Mary Tyler Moore. She was Rose Nyland on The Golden Girls. uh, She was on Mama's Family. She was on Mama's Family. She's also Elka in Hot in Cleveland, and my friend Kyle actually worked with her as a stand-in on that show. And so she had uh, three pictures of her today. And just
3: hosted and just hosted Saturday Night Live a couple
1: of years ago. I oh think. yeah, yeah. But she was also doing those uh, the Snickers commercial. Yep. Like she was eight years old when she made her radio Shoot. program debut in 1930. And she began to work as a radio personality in Los Angeles under the guidance of disc jockey Al Jarvis, so like another massive pioneer. She became a staple panelist of game shows that included Password, Match Match Game, Tattletale, To Tell the Truth, Hollywood Squares, $25,000 Pyramid, and she was dubbed the first lady of game shows. She became the first woman to receive the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Game Show Host for the show Just Men in 83. And she's also known for her appearances on Bold and Beautiful, Boston Legal, The Cara Show, Saturday Night Live. And yeah, she was also in um, the I'm Rooting for the Crocodile. What movie was that? Lake Placid. And she was in The Proposal. And the thing is, she formed this weirdly fun relationship with uh, Ryan Reynolds. And literally the whole reason, we didn't know anything about the movie Deadpool. But literally we saw, and you know what? I'm going to play it. This is the whole reason why we went to go see the movie Deadpool, was because of what she is doing right now. It's uh, This is 40 seconds long. I friggin' love her. Hello. I just saw the most anticipated movie of the year, Deadpool. It was glorious.
2: Once in a generation, a movie comes along that your whole family will love. If your family is a f***ed up group of f- kissing inbreds plus ryan reynolds looks so handsome in his red leather suit i give it four golden girls it's the
1: best picture of the year so go see deadpool this friday knowing nothing about the movie we literally bought our tickets because betty white told us to
0: and i just want to point out that at the time Deadpool was the highest-grossing R-rated release ever, correct? So I don't think we were alone.
1: I don't think we were alone. So, you know, it's we felt like because Betty White has been a member of our family for so long, she's been in our life for so long, we're actually going to end Rock and Roll Heavens 2021 in memoriam by remembering Betty White, someone who has always found ways to be subversive, be sassy, break out of the mold do the unexpected you know she was a spirit that could not be stopped she loved animals she was absolute perfection so yeah you know what betty white heaven gained an angel and you get to rock on and uh that's a uh, that's going to be it that's our that's our list for the year guys uh, i'm not going to give out our socials because number one, they'll be in the show notes, but two, we really want to focus on the lives of these people, not just the deaths of these people. These are some of the most innovative, entertaining, wonderful individuals that we were blessed with their talents for whatever their time on earth was. We had people that died at age 23 and we had people that died of age 99. We've had, you know, engineers who pioneered ways for us to listen to this music. We had producers, we had editors, we had uh, session musicians, we had people that rocked our speakers out from the times that we were kids to just a couple days ago. So that's kind of all I have to say about that. Travis, do you have anything you'd like to say to our audience?
3: Uh, I hope you had a wonderful year. I hope 2022 is better than 2021. And as always, bye bye.
1: Okay, Mr. Hickey. What
0: a year. Uh, Thank you to all the artists we've mentioned, and uh, you will be remembered. I encourage all of our listeners to check out their material if you haven't done so already, and we look forward to seeing all of you in a better, brighter 2022.
1: Yes, uh, we will be back with part six of Michael Jackson next week at our regularly scheduled time Uh, with my work schedule. Now, guys, I'm going to try to get the episode out on Wednesday, if possible. If not, it will come out on Thursday. So it's going to be either one of those days. But fret not, guys, I will get it out. But, uh, you know, I think I share the sentiment with all you guys that we here at Rock and Roll Heaven. Hope you guys have a safe and happy and blessed New Year filled with the best kind of music A minimal amount of sorrow and that you guys just keep rocking on we love you all and thank you so much for making 2021 one of the best years for this podcast we could not do it without you and we love you all guys have a good one and uh to finish our episode i'm actually going to close with something that i think we all can sing along to and that is going to be the theme from the golden girls Mm -hmm. bye